creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. November 6, 2018, and you better be listening to this while you're in line to vote. It's The Relevant Podcast. I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios is filling in for my brother Chandler Strang on the ones and twos. Mark Jackson. Hello, world. We still can't find Chandler. On the line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, All the way from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. God bless America, and hello, everybody. <laughs> and down the street there in Nashville, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. I just I, love that, Cameron. Have you, have you, have has anyone found Chandler? Do, have we heard from him? No, I'm I concerned. Hear him. He's I, I in the closet, but, but I have, we haven't talked at all. Yeah, I mean, ever since I, you know, slid some old dog food under the door for his two days worth of meals, I haven't heard a peep, so... You know, he should be fine. I will say this. I just returned back from writing in Newt Gingrich in every available <laughs> slot for public office solely on his promise of colonizing the moon. So uh, civic duty done. Now it's time to sit back and cross the fingers. I mean, now that we've gone to space camp, we ha- we are one issue voters. What's the one candidate that is is has ensured moon colonization? And there's only one, and his name is Newt Gingrich. And I'm uncomfortable with many of his other platforms, but I'm what they call single issue voter, and I vote with my heart and not my brain. Is this, is this a post space camp uh, belief, Jesse? The yeah, moon I got into this. I got into question. space politics pretty heavy, and the interesting thing about that is yeah. there's literally only one candidate who's ever said anything about space politics, so I chose him, and it's a bold platform. Moon <laughs> colonization. Our current president, who has the moon, who has the space force. That it, is true, coming. but because of the lack of details on space force. <laughs> and or the, the lack of really uh, the ability to implement it, but you know. I yeah. guess he hasn't really specified if he means outer space just a general space, space around all the yeah, space between space. the Dave Matthews Band song. There's a lot of oh, things I unknown like about Dave the Matthews band. Really? Yeah, have we ever talked about that no. before? I mean, yeah, this is this on. is the, sh- the the official shifting of one era to the next. For five years, we were we were like subjected to Dave Matthews just unfettered fandom by one the one and only Eddie Koffelt. I mean, right. he he was in a Dave Matthews cover band. I mean, he was deep. And you yeah. are yeah, he, you are not. He, he said he was under the table and, and dreaming. Uh, <laughs> Annie, I ask you this: yes. What is your guilty pleasure band? If it's not the Dave, oh, no, if not DMB. Oh, insane! I feel like they're not, sure. not even that guilty. Even I feel like people sense, they, they had Justin Timberlake in. It's not even that guilty. You got to go guiltier. Oh. Um, <laughs> guiltier. It has to be indefensible. <laughs> yeah, that, that, they, uh, they, they, they oh, literally gosh. Justin Timberlake is still making relevant music. You know. Right, but then you have to balance that out with like the Joey Fatone, right? Like, oh. doesn't it? Don't Joey Fatone is unironic. If Joey Fatone, if I'm flipping through, if Joey Fatone's on, which has happened numerous times, like 
He's guest star on Impractical Jokers. You know? Yeah, oh, look yeah, at that. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's on everywhere. the scene show. Oh, Fatone, he's a good-natured guy. You know, yeah. he's just kind of riding that wave. You know, yeah. he's sitting back. He would be a face. I, I made a joke last podcast, and I try not to do too many callbacks, but if there was a Mount Rush less of guys who just kind of <laughs> taking some time off, planning their next move, just kind of hanging out, Joey Fatone would be front and center, you know? <laughs> he's one of the main guys on Mount Rush less. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You so, can so one would give me... You- all the non-Justin Timberlake and Sync members would be can't qualified. Can't, probably Joey Fatone probably has the most qualifications. Yeah, or but least Lance has been training for an at for a, a career in space. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah, Lance wants to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, where's JC Chazé? That's the real question. Where did he Rush go? He that's to, where he's at. <laughs> yeah, he used to host a dance TV show, and now he's just disappeared. Hey, all right, Annie. One more guilty okay, pleasure. Um, like, one more maybe, guilty pleasure. Yeah, maybe like in the rock genre. That, 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 I don't that, listen that, that to that genre. Poorly. That a lot of bands uh, in that era age poorly. You tell me yours, and I'll see if it sparks something I'm listening to. I don't think of. I mean, Bonnie Raitt. Does that count sometimes? I don't even know how guilty that is, though. Like, I, I feel like I know. Yeah, I was watching Monday Night Football this past week, and during halftime, they did they did a a performance with the band Bush for <laughs> no that? explanation. Oh. There was no. <laughs> That's a good the one. The only explanation. Like, even what's the main guy's name? Gavin uh, Rosdale. Gavin, and he's married. No, he's not anymore. He was married to... The only explanation I could think of is that the game was in Buffalo. It was the Buffalo Bills. And they were like, well, who's the most popular band in Buffalo, New York? And they looked it up and they're like, you guys aren't going to believe this. It's Bush, who hasn't had a single since 1996. And they're like, all right, we'll sign him up to get him for halftime, even though it makes no sense and they're releasing new music. So... I love the shots of the crowd where there were literally 15 people just stacked on top of each other to try and make it look like there was a lot of people. Yeah, it was, it was pretty sad. It was pretty sad. But uh, Who's your guilty pleasure band, Jesse? I mean, I liked a lot of like pop punk bands back when, you know, back in, you know, I remember I bought like a Blink-182 album in like eighth yes. grade and yeah, uh-huh. that hasn't aged particularly well. I, I thought I saw Travis Barker on an airplane this weekend and I was beside myself happy. I was, but the guy and the guy really did look like him and he was traveling with drum gear, but Travis Barker has tattoos all over himself yeah. and this guy was tattooless yeah. as far as the eye could see. Cameron, what I, I mean, you have some old school hip hop, uh, you know, my, yeah, my guilty and, would be like old school, early nineties R and B like slow jams. Yeah. One, know, what's like, one that hasn't aged particularly well. I mean, I'm I'm biased. I think they've all aged perfectly. That's true. It's a pretty it's like a there. fine wine. It's only gotten better. Give me some Jodeci. I mean, that's still gonna Dude, be a if Jodeci ooh, comes ooh, yes. on. Everybody's like, oh snap! Don't put Jodeci on. Like no one is saying it ironically either. Or like no. a Brian that's Brian right. McKnight. Oh, smooth. Oh man, give me give me oh, more. Yeah. Turn it some up. Some Peebo sure. Bryson. I mean, guys. Some some Black Street. Some. I mean, there's. I mean, there's so many. So many. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think they've all aged very well. I think I think the, for a lot of people who grew up uh, the way we did, if you're still listening to any like '90s Christian contemporary Christian music, that's kind of your like uh, I don't know if I should even talk about you. you put Spotify yeah, on private it. mode first. Like, I don't think anyone needs yeah. to know that yeah. Newsboys. Yeah. I'm in kind of a Newsboys. <laughs> not not, not mood all of today. them are like yeah. Not all of the Newsboys catalog or like the old Tooth and Nail catalog has aged like Jodeci, which is like a fine yeah. crisp pickle. You know, just perfectly, <laughs> perfectly <laughs> aged. <laughs> well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talked to Sarah Reeves. She has an incredible new album out. It's called Easy Never Needed You. Neither did yeah. Jesse.
Yeah, it's super cool album. I was kind of surprised uh, this album. Was- yeah, I remember Jesse, you were the one who actually reached out to me about this because it's uh, it, it is praise and worship music, but it's uh, a lot of times some of the and we've it's talked about this worship, before. Some praise and worship music is a little uh, samey, and she really takes it in some surprising new directions. I, I loved the album. And then at the end of the show, we have a very special Ask Jesse segment. Uh, wow. I don't know what happened, but this week uh, we put out the call for uh, if you need advice. Ask Jesse. I think a couple of things happened. I think I think to this one tweet, we got like 53 replies, right? And then, um, but I think people are figuring out the formula for that segment. Yeah. They got to uh, pose you scenarios. That's it. They yeah. don't need actual, should I do this or this? They say, what should I do to accomplish X? And then Jesse, I think that... I think they're figuring it out. I think it's. I think it's fun. This is going to okay, be okay. Well, I have a request this week. Yeah. Um, during Ask Jesse, for it's for two reasons. One is every time this segment comes up, uh, you know, we can all see each other as we're recording. One member oh, of this team has an incredulous <laughs> stare on their face the whole time and is yeah. embarrassed to be present. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is uh, just how things have shaken out with a lot of stuff we've got going. I'm recording five podcasts in three days this week. You know, so oh my gosh. the juices are running a little low. So. I might kick one over to Annie and I want to hear her answer and I will either approve or give my own based on yours. Not for everyone. I just oh, want to try to mix it up a little. Just try to mix it up a little. Wow. All right. Okay. So it's an ask, ask Annie, Jesse. I yeah. like it. Yeah. And you get to see how these two minds work differently, Annie. And I oh, will see, gosh, I will Jesse. see if you look as incredulous <laughs> after this week. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, I don't look incredulous. I just, my face usually says, I'm concerned that people might actually do what he says. That's yeah. what my face says. That's the point of this segment, Annie. <laughs> okay, that's true. Well, I'm, I'm ready. I'm and ready. That is, and, and if that's the point of this segment, do you literally just describe what it means to look incredulous? So. <laughs> yeah. Well, moving the show along, it's the Tuesday show. It's, it's an election day special edition of Slices. Slices. All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right, so uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter uh, president Jack Dorsey. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So this this thing that the kids were doing before they moved on to Snapchat and who's them a what? Um, <laughs> that, uh, I download. And, hey, listen, I downloaded who's them a what, and my phone's not working, and I'm getting some pretty weird calls in Russian late at night. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I wasn't even in the app store. I just go- downloaded something off Google. Um, so Jack Dorsey, you know, one of the big criticisms that Twitter has faced, um, you know, not so much from the outset, but definitely in the last couple of years is that the, the platform has been, uh, you know, kind of a, a place where abuse isn't um, regulated in, in a way that, you know, a lot of critics have said is is effective and that, you know, there aren't a lot of Twitter conversations that end productively. Mm. Um, and so the, the Twitter team has been thinking about ways that they can change the platform to increase the quality of conversations and to so that back and forths don't just seem like a bunch of people arguing about stuff. Not many minds are changed by interacting in a Twitter thread with people more of those go south than end in i feel like it's safe to say at least ones that i've kind of involved in then then you like literally changing someone's mind and so jack dorsey has a very simple suggestion for for how they can possibly make a change without overhauling the whole platform because it is what it is you know what i mean it's a platform where you write written short written messages it's a it's a small change to the the interface and functionality. If you heard if either of you heard about this, uh, uh, don't don't chime in here. But can can someone guess what that is? 
No, I have I'm no idea. Heard. I haven't heard. Yeah. So a small no. little change so I, that people fight more. I am aware. Fight, no, that's so they fight, fight less. less. So hopefully it increases the quality of conversation. I will say this. It's very counterintuitive. They ban government representatives. They ban government <laughs> representatives with the last name that start with T and end with the letter P and <laughs> also contains. <laughs> no, no, no. And I do. I do know about the change and, and I, I, I'm so I have a hard time believing is actually going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Say it. Okay. I don't know. The change is they are going to remove the like button. You know, the heart where Ooh. you can like tweets and, you know, they're oh, forever wow. in your kind of memory. Um, really? And uh, not only that, not only can you go to see what so a tweet someone liked, that's not the main reason. Uh, Dorsey says, you know, his reasoning is that it looks at what they're unintentionally incentivizing. Right. So people will tweet something because they basically have a scorecard right under the tweet of how many people clicked light. He said, we have a big red button with a heart on it and we're incentivizing people uh, to want it to go up. And he said, is that the right thing versus contributing to a public conversation or healthy conversation? How do we incentivize healthy conversation? So what they're planning on hoping that the change will do. So if you're in like a debate with someone, you know, you having more likes on your tweet than somebody else, you know, kind of feels like a sense of validation. And a lot of people, even someone and I know, obviously, he's said some <clears throat> concerning things as of late. But one thing that I think he has that has some value to it is when Kanye West talked about this, like the dopamine rush you get from likes and that, you know, people will kind of live their life versus, you know, uh, based on how many likes an idea or a statement they can get. And what Jack Dorsey yeah. saying is like, this does contribute to a lot of stuff that if people didn't have what is essentially this ranking system of my thoughts are better than yours, because more people like what I'm saying than they like my friends, this could hopefully contribute to healthier conversations. Like I said, it's not intuitive because you think a heart would do the opposite. You think right. a heart would. And that's a lot of times I like tweets that I want to go back and read well, the link it, it, or well, and that's, I what mean, they, that's what I use yeah, it for. But they, that's what they realize. So they are going to institute like an invisible bookmarking system. So you can bookmark oh. tweets that you can still go back and read, but it won't be listed like publicly facing. Like I can go look at the stuff that you like. And also the person who tweeted it won't have this outwardly facing thing of how many people bookmark it. How many people bookmarked it. Uh, you yeah. know what? You know what though? This is all great and noble until people who their addiction lessens and they start using the platform less and numbers go down and the profit goes down and shareholders say nope and they're going to put it right back. Yeah. That's, I guarantee that's I guarantee or humans will be humans and figure out another way to determine who's the top of the mountain and they will somehow it'll be a retweet thing they'll there'll be some other way that we all do exactly what we do with the like button right now because we're terrible. And, and, and Cameron, I, that's a totally valid point. But I also think to some degree, um, they have to make some change because I feel like the platform is already suffering because it's so toxic for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, yeah. I feel like, you know, more people are, are going to something like Instagram, not just because of the, you know, the, the functionality is based on images, not words, but because Instagram is not as toxic of a place. It's pretty fun and goofy, you know, but it's still about likes. Tell me what y'all think about the whole, I've seen a couple of times lately, there have been people saying things like, if you're not standing up for what you believe on Twitter, then just get off of Twitter. That's not what it's, you shouldn't even be here kind of thing. What, what is y'all's take on that? Is it, is that part of the deal with Twitter? Should we all be, is it a place where we should all be really vocal about 
about all of our stances because it or or is it okay that people aren't? Well, I, I think there's a difference between taking a stand and grandstanding. You know what I mean? Like, So do you think it's required that you take a stand? Do you think that's part of being on Twitter is making sure you're taking a stand on things? I, I, well, here, here to me, this is where the line is between those two concepts. It's like if I'm taking a stand, I, I'm doing it to institute some manner of change, right? Like I want to be an agent of change. I want people, you know, hopefully to have a change of heart and mind that is, you know, positive. Grandstanding is just doing something to make myself feel good or look good, right? And so, like, if I tweet something about a position that I hold, do I really think, and maybe for some people it's true, you know, I don't know, but I think it's the question you have to ask yourself is do you really think this is going to change anybody's mind about something, you know, or do you feel like the ultimate cause of me posting this will, will lead to change? In some cases it will, but in some cases, you know, there probably are more effective ways of like, I could talk to someone who I actually have a relationship with and, and engage with them about an issue. Um, but I don't think you can say for either of those that there's a, something that you have to do or should do 100% of the time, just because I don't know how effective that is. What do you think, Annie? I, I have a hard time when anybody says that everyone needs to be doing this or that with their internet. So that I, I always kind of go like, you don't get to tell me how I use my Twitter or my Instagram, you know? Um, so I don't think I, I, I struggle with it because I do think there are times where we were there. The reason people are following you is they listen to you and yeah. they care about what you have decided to say. And so there are points in time where you absolutely need to say the thing you need to say hard or not or easy or whatever it is. So I just don't think I have a hard time with the language that Twitter is a platform where if you are not taking hard political stands, you are wasting my space on Twitter, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. What do you think, Huck? Cause you do a really good job of saying what you really believe and being an agent of change. You I haven't seen, you haven't seen his burner accounts because they are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they're wild. Uh, I think you, I think people have a responsibility wherever their platform is. Like if you have a, if you have a platform, uh, then and there's and there's injustice that you see and things that need to be that there's there's a opportunity for you to speak truth and to then that's a responsibility that that I do think you have. That's not going to look the same for everybody. That's where I agree with you, Annie. Is that I don't think setting up universal rules about what that's going to look like is good. Most people on Twitter are just are just yelling into the void, right? Uh, and, and so that's fine. But I do think all of us have the opportunity to take stands in our lives in different places in different ways. And I would hope that we're all uh, you know creatively looking for ways to do that, and that can look like. Something that you say or write can look like, can, and hopefully it does look like something that you can, that you do might just look like going to the voting booth, like we're all doing today. So right. uh, I, I think that it's, I, I think that I'm wary of a universal like uh, tweet this or else you're part of the problem. But I think that the sentiment that we all have the opportunity to do a good thing in a difficult yeah. time is definitely true. Yeah, I think so too. I just have, I, it bothers me. It is harder for me when people say, this is how you should be using this platform. And if you're not, you're wasting it. And I want to be like, well, if everyone said I had to talk about bubble guppies I, just to be able to be on Twitter, I, that doesn't mean I have to talk about bubble guppies. Like, you know, but, but injustices, yes, I understand injustice and bubble guppies are different, but I just think, uh, I, I think Twitter is, um, 
is not it is not the first place I go when I want to see justice and see things change. It's not the first place I go to enact that. It's a it's a yeah. bad medium for nuanced conversations. It, well, and, and, right. and some, look, some people are good at it. You know, there are certain people who that's know true. how to use the yeah, platform in a way. I mean, that's Beth effective. Moore is changing lives with how she's changing her Twitter. I mean, for sure, yeah. she what she has done. Yeah, there have definitely been tweets that have changed my mind on things. Like, Same. I've, I've definitely had. Uh, tweets and people's personal profiles on Twitter that have that have been really Wait, valuable really? for me. Hold on, really? I mean, I get that. Like, there have been tweets that, like, man, that was good. I'm glad somebody said that. But like, isn't it more like you saw somebody say something you agree with, not that somebody said something that changed your no, mind? No, I mean, I'm with Tyler because there are some accounts I follow that are very different than me, and I read everything they tell me to read, and I listen to them because I recognize they are on a very different thought process than me, and sometimes it changes my mind. I think I've been challenged on some, nothing super major probably, but there are definitely points in my life where I would say uh, that that person changed my mind on this, on this issue. Yeah. I had thought about it. Yeah. But I do think Cameron, yeah. But, but your point, I mean, one of the biggest problems, social media in general is confirmation bias. You know what I mean? You're, we're automatically attracted to things that affirm our own either conscious or unconscious biases. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and that's, but, but, but to a degree, I think, you know, this whole, the, the system be able to like stuff and, and not like other things, maybe it can contribute to positive change. I don't know. I just think it's interesting that when they're trying to tackle as a problem as big as social media toxicity and the, you know, the unhealthy relationship that is developed with people, um, who use the platform that the solution that they've gone to is simple and kind of major at the same time, yeah. like taking away one button. Can it actually change a platform? I don't know. And I don't think they know, but I think it's interesting that that was their impulse, you know? Yeah. 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 I do too. I do too. Interesting. All right. What do you have, Annie? Well, listen, I just have a very interesting slice for you guys today. I, you know, we're all sports fans here and I am a big football fan and I saw this and thought it was interesting. And two of you as being fathers, I'm interested in your take on this. Chris Herndon, who you guys know, a New York Jets tight end. He, oh, he has scars right by his pinkies. Have y'all heard this story yet? Do y'all know no, this? No. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, and I'm a New York Jets fan too. So I would think I, I, would. I got you. I got you, Jesse. I'm here for you. So I, is right the regulator bo- off? Like she's not even running anything by you anymore. Like right. you don't, you don't know anything about her slices. <laughs> I, I saw this. I, I did. Well, I, I, to be honest, I didn't know this before she sent it to me. I'll yes. say that. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So we're back into the dictatorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With it was a passive a- aggressive, is there anything else you can find? And I and so I looped <laughs> what she back. sent back. What she sent back. I was like, let's go with this one. <laughs> yeah, I looped back with the White House haunting because that's going to yeah. be my ace. My ace but card. The more I thought about this one, up. the more I'm like, I don't know where I stand. <laughs> that's what I knew. Yeah. That's what I knew. So on either dilemma. hand. Right by his pinky, he has had a scar his whole life. And just recently, he asked his parents. Both he pinkies, like, never, though, right? Both, yeah, both hands. On both hands, right by his pinkies, he has scars. And they told him he was born with 12 fingers. And when he was born, they just had them cut off the extra pinky. And that's why he has scars. Think about, think about what they've done. They had a yes. superhero child who is now catches football for a living. For his living, right. Great. They he would could have, have had an extra digit on each hand 
Would he have been the best football player or disqualified? At that is the question. Minimum, according to my math, at minimum, he's 10% better of a catcher, of, <laughs> yeah, better right. of a football player. And, and I mean, for his whole life, he didn't know that he had been born with 12 fingers. Did, would, hmm. How would you, get, you withhold that from, from your you child? Tell, that's what I thought, thinking about y'all's children represented here on the pod. I, I mean, I can't imagine Cohen having 12 fingers and you cutting off two of them and never I, telling him. I got to be honest with you, the very first thing that I did as like he's brand new, he's um, less than a minute old. I literally counted ten. No, ten. you counted fingers and toes. Absolutely, Cameron, I did the same and then I went, thing. And I went, he's healthy. And I like exhaled. You know, like really, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't know it till it comes out. You know where that complex I think comes from, Cameron, is because I was talking to people who are like a generation older than me before my kids were born. They're like, well, check, to make sure they got ten fingers and ten toes. And I, they were kind of half joking, and I thought. That's something that people probably do. It was literally the first thing I thought of too. Me too. Yeah. So the fear comes from somewhere, I guess. But yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't tell the, that would just be like a, it, it wouldn't devastate me to learn. Right. But I would feel, it, I'd feel weird having never heard it before. In fact, in middle school, that have made you like the cool kid. In yeah, some, I don't in know. Some lunch middle tables. school kids are ruthless. At some lunch tables, Cameron, I need you to hear me. I know not all the lunch tables are going to love the guy and that like, had 12 by, fingers. By lunch table, she means the homeschool and that's the kitchen table. <laughs> and your mom's going to think it's awesome you have an extra finger. <laughs> Very special. Very special. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. Think about like pian- any instrument. You know, oh, you can be the yeah. greatest guitar player in the world because you get that. You can make that one chord that nobody yeah, else can. That's know? right. I feel like that's they made that that decision really early. So, yeah. so you're saying with Halloween being last week that the White House was haunted? Yes, Cameron. <laughs> Let's hear it. Thank Let's you hear it, very Annie. much. I appreciate you asking about that. The Bush sisters who used to live there said that twice. And look, I, I need y'all to look at my face that I am not even looking at notes. I know this by heart. That's how much I like this story. The Bush sisters twice. She's, she was going to record a special episode of her own podcast <laughs> just to get this off her chest. That Man, sounds spooky with on, any F downs. You better believe spooky. I'm going to ask them. Um so the Bush sisters twice in their life heard in a fireplace in their bedroom, heard music coming out of the fireplace in the middle of the night. <laughs> and one time it was jazz music. And one time it was 1920s, like dun, 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 that stuff. So they were in the room together and they confirmed yes. this. They're like, Hey, do you hear that? They both or heard is this. It- yes. They both heard it and it woke them up and they still- both heard it both times. And they say that it's the white house could be haunted by very friendly or, musical ghosts or it could have just been you know the staff you know a doing the dishes percent. doing a the dishes down percent, in the kitchen Caitlin. and playing yes. some music i mean in the middle of the night there's someone playing music in a way that connects fireplace to fireplace of course it's not like that place has a it's not like this is like an old mansion this is a place with like a staff of a few hundred people yeah, yeah. Right, right, right that's yeah. why that's why the, anything going on there my last assumption would be ghost yeah, <laughs> it's not a Scooby-Doo. Well, I mean, you're going to be worried about terrorists before I'm going to be worried about ghosts if I'm living yeah, in the White House. You're, you're not going to believe this. I placed an order, and I think a ghost actually fulfilled the order and made me a meal. Like, it's <laughs> fantastic, this White House. It's, it's like a staff of awesome ghosts. My my whole my, my dad, George W., has a team of legislators who I think are all dead ghosts. And so it's... 
Don't believe. It. I mean, he, he's got secretaries yeah, of defense, right. of agriculture. They're just they're all just, ghosts. Yeah, all just ghosts. A whole you know, ghost making world. controversial decisions for our country. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, to be fair, don't y'all know that waking up? Have I told y'all this story? When I stayed with some friends a couple of weeks ago, I fell asleep so fast and so deep that it like just minutes after I laid down, and I woke up because the dad was walking down the hallway, and I woke up and did not know where I was, and I thought someone was in my house. Have I told y'all this story? No, no you're watching. The- I thought someone was in my house. Dad. And, do ghost I? Ghost dad. You're watching I thought the movie it was my ghost, ghost dad. dad. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, it is that feeling of when you wake up in the middle of the night and your heart is just beating out of your chest, right? And I thought, man, the poor Bush daughters, <laughs> that feeling is terrible. But then you wake up and it's like, dim, 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 just coming through your fireplace. <laughs> How, what was the age range? Feeling. I don't really remember. Right? What, what was the age range of the, uh, of the Bush girls? I feel like they also, were teenagers. Also, also, we remember that one of them was a little bit of a partier. That's true. That? <laughs> so what, so what then, your suggestion, here's yeah. what Cameron said, if I'm getting this yeah. straight. Yeah, you that are. Because of, you know, their tendency well, to... Of libation. Uh, good times. Yeah, and, and that, that it's difficult. The White House is actually a difficult place to it's sneak out of. Sneak out of. And so what your suggestion, Cameron, let me do you this straight. Yeah. Yeah. She built a speakeasy accessible through the bedroom <laughs> fireplace of her room in the White House. And it was and literally she, set her mom, in the 1920s. Her, it was all and ghosts. And her, her mom and dad were like, what was that music that we heard last night? And and they're like, oh, ghosts. Ghost. It must have been ghosts, mom and dad. <laughs> ghosts. George W. is like, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Because oh, wow. I heard this room was built on the cemetery of an old jazz band. <laughs> like, they actually kind of got away from me there. But you, no, uh, that was actually yeah. surprisingly good, Jesse. I've never, no, it never practiced Don't it encourage before. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Probably should have. Probably should have. I thought yeah. we were really talking about 12 fingers. Uh, 12, you know, the weird thing about that dead jazz band. Yeah. All the members had 12 fingers. That's why they're so good at jazz. Well, that's, that's, that's why, why they're, they're so jazz proficient. lives for eternity. <laughs> they're so proficient. Special, special jazz band. What a great slice. Uh, Tyler, what do you got? <laughs> All right. So I, I have a, a story of, uh, there, there's a lot of twists and turns that go on here. And I, and I know that, uh, I know Jesse's aware of this because he's been following this one. It's, it's been on his beat lately, but I'm, I'm here to spill and get the whole thing out top to bottom here on this podcast right now. Um, did any of you see any of you people who are on, who are, who are on social media, a photo that went around that a lot of people were clowning on. It was a picture of Justin Bieber out in LA, oh, I love eating this. a burrito, yes. eating a burrito side like a like a corn on the cob, yes. like he, yes. like he had unwrapped the entire thing. And the tweet was like, was, "I don't think Justin Bieber knows how burritos." Yes, work. yes, yes. Right. It yeah. was so funny. Yeah, but but this also something. Great. But here's the thing. Also something that like Justin Bieber lives in a life that none of us will ever understand. He's been famous since he's like eleven. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> yeah. plausibly, and before that, before that, he was Canadian with a stage mom. Right. So exactly. even before so he was plausibly. He has never, and he's surrounded himself by yes men. I assume that are like so plausibly like he got, he the first time he went to eat a burrito, he ate it like this corn, and like his bodyguards right. and 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 like Scooter Braun and all his people were like, <laughs> hey, he's eating it like that. We oh, should yeah. eat it like this. And he, because of who he is and his unique platform, has been eating them the yeah. whole way this time because no one wanted to tell him that that's not how you do it. Right. Right. It's possible. And plausible. also, can I just interrupt you here, Tyler, and say Jesse asked me to bring a funny slice because yours was kind of serious about oh. a burrito and Justin yeah, Bieber. No. So <laughs> an, audible is, an audible has been called. I'm learning so yeah. much. It was, an, it was an audible. It was an audible. I am just learning so much about what an Jesse audible likes has been here. called halfway through because because this is an important story. 
so so we've so we we're familiar with the photo, right? We yeah. we've all seen yeah. it. We've described it very well. It, it got ironically a lot of likes on Twitter. Got a lot, a lot of, of likes lot of on hearts. Twitter. It was passed around a lot, and it was sort of that story, like you said, Jesse, of like. So it does seem like one of those things that uh, that maybe just this is how young famous people eat burritos, and they don't know how to <laughs> be told otherwise. We we don't it, know. It's like what. Yeah, it's like when George Costanza went to like a business meeting with like a lot of like, you know, high end executives from, I think some of them were like from Europe or whatever, and they're eating candy bar with a, with a fork mm. and a knife. Yeah. You know, he, he incorporates that into his daily life because for those people, that's normal. It's totally plausible that yeah. Justin Bieber eats his burrito in a terribly inefficient way. That's right. Plausible? Yes. True? No. Wow. It's not. Snopes. The entire thing, the entire thing was a scam. There was apparently was a YouTube channel. Was purposely trying to look like Justin yeah. Bieber? Purpose, yeah. oh, it was, it was YouTube this was a prank. They pranked the entire world. A YouTube, a YouTube channel called Yes Theory. Uh, they, they like to pull stunts like this. They brought in a, a Bieber impersonator, had him sit down at a park bench in LA and eat a burrito sideways and social media did the rest with it. They, they didn't have to stage anything. It's incredible. Beyond that. Did you see the, the behind the scenes brainstorming of this? I mean, th- these guys, I mean, basically they, their, their whole goal was to reverse engineer like a viral video. Right. And so they're like, well, what's something super viral? Justin Bieber. And then they wrote out like things that they were like cats, grandmas, all this thing. They had this big flow chart of all these things. And so they released a couple of the other videos of like Justin Bieber helping an old woman across or the beaver look right. like like helping the woman across right. so he didn't do anything but you know for some reason they decided people doing normal things very strangely take off on the internet so yeah. what if we take a just take one picture of him eating the burrito like that will it go super viral and it was perfectly engineered to do what the intended purpose was i mean it was brilliant that, the, the the fact that they were able to, to pull it off and actually go viral is super, super impressive. Well, the guy really looked like Justin Bieber, and yeah. it's really stupid to eat a burrito like that. So and you could kind of see it being a little bit like like a... He was hunched over a little bit, and once you once you started thinking, like, wait a minute, is that Justin Bieber? You realize, I guess I don't know. I guess that's kind of what he looks like. But because it was posted on Vanity Fair or, or right. Entertainment Tonight, you see yeah. Justin Bieber, ET, even oh the BBC gosh, it was on picked Entertainment up on Tonight. It. Yeah, it was on yeah. all these TV shows. Or Justin Bieber, I well, think he's little, an idiot burrito eater. That little like slice of life, you know, throwaway, you know, heartwarming thing at the end of the newscast. You yeah, know, it's like, that, oh, like the Nickelback know. Challenge spot a few years ago, yeah. where all the you know, it's like. A <laughs> goofy viral story that I don't know. think anybody calls it that, but you, Jesse. But okay, <laughs> that's what I officially TM Nickelback Challenge TM. No, but like the, you know, something that has like the hallmarks of like a viral story. But when I was looking at the um uh the picture initially, like when it was first going viral, you know. A couple things stuck out that I questioned its plausibility of like, why would he bring the burrito to a park bench? Right. Like, who? I who did just, wonder how he got that much privacy. Yeah. And, and like, no one followed him to the park bench. And like, you know, did, did an assistant go? Was he sitting on the park bench and he sent the assistant to go bring him the burrito? I mean, that's not totally implausible. But some things struck me as like just a little weird. Like, who sits out? Who doesn't eat a burrito at a table? It's a very inefficient food right. to, with no platform <laughs> in front of you. You know, it just falling all over the ground. You what know? are you talking all about? You can everywhere. The whole point of a burrito is that you can sit on a bench and eat it with one hand. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. a bowl. 
That's I mean, never happened. When I the way now, yeah, but you can't eat it like that. Yeah, yes, listen, you can. Amazon, if I'm making Literally, a burrito, Chipotle, it's exploding three bites. Seven. Chipotle has like and <laughs> used to have instructions on how to unwrap their burrito yeah, and eat it down as you go. Like Cameron, do you know why? Because you and I, I don't. I hope you don't take this the wrong way. Okay, I think you're a sucker because they were trying to get people to make small <laughs> burritos because the size of burrito I make no instruction is going to keep from exploding in a few bites. I'm loaded. Hey, can you eat a little bit more beans? Ah, just just a hair more. Ah, peppers. Oh, all three sauces. Extra cheese. Extra, you know, oh it's that's a ploy. That's a ploy for you to I mean, get small burritos. Literally, as soon as you bite into your burrito, it explodes, Jesse. Exactly. And then I have a taco oh. salad at the end. No big deal. No, <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. So, so I think that fortunately, uh, Jesse and the rest of the crack editorial team at Relevant was not done in <laughs> by this Justin no. Bieber photo. But I hope that that all of us, like Jesse. Uh, do a little better job of making sure that the news we share is is legit before we post it to our. Yeah, exactly. Sessions. It's an it's a simple it's a simple URL. Snopes.com. That's a simple URL. <laughs> Man, before, if Snopes.com has to tell you whether Justin Bieber can eat a burrito correctly or not, what a poor life for I've, Justin. Bieber. I've already said this. I've long said that Entertainment Tonight is the enemy of the people, and I will not stand for their <laughs> fake news. <laughs> I uh, I literally the other day I got a press release from one one of these Christian authors releasing a book about politics and I'm like, Ugh. and I, and I read, I read it, you know, I want to stay informed. And, and the person, the best-selling author said in the press release quote, they were quoting him saying, well, you know, why is Obama still around? You know, uh, uh, I, you know, in 2016, he was floating the idea of, of a third term, and then he couldn't get two-thirds of the Senate to approve it. And so because he couldn't get his third term that he wanted, now he's trying to like stay around Washington and ruin things from the inside, all that kind of stuff. And I thought to myself, that is the dumbest assertion yeah. I've ever heard, that <laughs> Obama, a constitutional lawyer, tried to stay in power beyond two terms, right? Yeah. I literally went over to Snopes.com, typed it in, boom. In 2016, January 2016, a political satire website, which on the footer of their website says everything on this site is a joke, it's fake, do not believe it, had a headline that said Obama had a press conference and announced his intention to run for a third term, right? It then got over the far right web and picked up by the National Review and a bunch of these other ones referencing it the next day saying, well, you know, he's floating the idea about blah, blah, blah. And it yeah. all stemmed from this completely fake thing, yeah. which is now in a Christian author's press release in 2018 as fact. Yeah, that's terrible. Come on, people. And it would have been amazingly simple. Sorry about that. I'll I'll, I'll watch my quotes better next time. I say <laughs> Plus, everyone knows Cameron. Obama is where all ex-presidents are, encapsulated in a <laughs> fireplace in the White House, left with nothing but jazz instruments to call for help. <laughs> <laughs> what a great tweet. I mean, what a great slice. That'll do it for slices uh, and your 12-finger people update. <laughs> Oh, let's start doing that. <laughs> a regular, regular news, regular feature. You're not going to believe this. I'm talking about the New York Jets guy again. Here's your 12 finger update. They have not grown back. There's got to be more. Not There's grown back be more. yet. Not grown back. All right, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Sarah Reeves. But now I've got the answers. I pull them from the sky. It's not the same world. I'm not the same guy. Did you know? There are pictures of you on my phone It's true Did you know There are reasons for these things I do I do 
You're listening to Rhett Miller. The song is I Used to Write in Notebooks. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Toro y Moi with Freelance, which is what the majority of our listeners do. Well, today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. I saw a tweet just the other day. One of our listeners uh, launched a, a photo portfolio. I saw that too. Using uh, Squarespace. Creating a site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse. And even adding a custom domain to your site is simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain for free. You can design a best-in-class online store using their award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more. And from nationally recognized brands to your favorite local shop, Squarespace is trusted by hundreds of thousands of savvy shop owners around the world. It includes all the tools you need to like track inventory, process orders, and send custom emails in one intuitive interface. Squarespace Commerce allows you to understand every aspect of your business. And right now, Squarespace is offering relevant podcast listeners a special deal. You can go to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your site, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace, set your website apart. Well, on her latest album, Easy Never Needed You, singer Sarah Reeves reinvents her sound by combining catchy pop stylings to her worshipful songwriting. We recently yeah. spoke with Sarah about the album and some of its standout tracks. It was cool. She's got uh, her first single is a collaboration with Kirk Franklin, who seems to be kind of he's got a pretty good ear for who to collaborate <laughs> with these days, you know. And she was super cool to talk to. I did the the interview you'll hear. Uh, I really admired. Uh, her, how candid she was. I understand that the industry can be kind of a tough one. And a lot of times artists feel the need to smooth over some of the more difficult parts, but she was really open about it and I appreciated it. There you go. Well, here's our conversation with Sarah Reeves. To rely on you. The story of the the first time you got signed, those those three years, uh, that's that's like obviously everywhere, but here in Nashville, especially, it's an extremely common story. Those people who get signed and, and for a few years, it's really exciting, and, and then it's not. Can you give me a little bit of a snapshot of, of what was it? Then you said you felt like you needed to find yourself as an artist and as a person. What was the what more specifically were some of the things that you struggled with as a as an artist during that first period of really giving it a shot? Again, I was really young. You know, I was just out of high school and I had never had any kind of real job outside of playing in a band. And so, and I hadn't really gone through anything crazy either. So I didn't really have much of a story yet. And I think because of that, I was relying on my team and the people around me to kind of write my songs and, and build my brand when I didn't even know what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted to say. And I think it was almost just premature in a way. I'm not saying that I'm not grateful for that season. Um, 
and I know that you know there's the album is still out people can still listen to it under my name um and so it's there but I just feel like a different person having lived life a little bit longer you know I'm, I'm 29 now and I still have a long ways to go but um I just kind of was so I was such a people pleaser and I just remember my team they this was pre-Pinterest days and they had this magazine and they were like oh we're going to give you red hair and you're going to we're going to make you look like this and they just kind of formed me into this artist that they felt like they needed on their label and so I I just didn't know who I was and that's what it boiled down to and because and also I took it all for granted because it all happened really quickly that um, because I didn't really have to work for it um, I didn't appreciate it like I do now. Yeah, this is something about you. I'm better when I'm around you. Can't get enough of the way you light up every room. You got me singing a shine. I can't stop talking about you. Wish I could explain the way that you do what you do. Yeah, this is something about you. What would you say now as a as a songwriter? Uh, what's the biggest difference or what do you feel like is the biggest difference practically on a really tangible level between the songs that you're making now uh, with your current, on your current label, with your current deal, as opposed to the songs Mm -hmm. you were writing the first time around when you were much younger? I developed my sound. It probably took me a year. I met with a producer in Nashville. His name is Robert Marvin. And we kind of have a similar story he was in music and then he took a big sabbatical big break and then kind of entered back into it around the same time I entered back into it so we just connected and I knew of his work and I had always wanted to work with him and he um, we just started hanging out and talking and making music writing and he was very instrumental in the sound that I have now because he understood the anointing as a worship leader, but he also understands the excellence of music and the quality and even just like that pop influence, like he came from the pop world. And so he brought in that flavor as well, but he understood what I did as a worship leader. And so he's like, we have to protect this. We have to get a team around this that understands what you do because there's not much out there like that. And so he kind of formed this team of producers and songwriters and we really kept it small and we there was two weeks um last year where we just went to florida and we had a beach house there and we just we wrote half of my record there and just got inspired and um and all of the people that were involved on my record most of us go to church together but most of them are involved in um, their own realm of like pop music, whether they're artists or whether they're producers or songwriters, they kind of have their thing in the mainstream world. And so I wanted that on my record. Like I wanted their, their influence on my stuff rather than just writing with people in Nashville that everybody writes with to write a Christian record. So I made sure that like it was protected by but I also had people that understood my vision, but I wanted what they could bring to the table, if that makes sense. And so it's definitely, it's still got the this like worship sense in it and the whole, every song pretty much, except for the love song I wrote for my husband. 
they're all vertical lyrics. I wrote them all about God, to God, but it kind of just has a, I wanted it to stand against anything out there right now, whether it's Christian music or mainstream music, uh, any genre. I wanted it to be able to live on a playlist where people wouldn't play a certain song and automatically know, oh, that's a Christian song. <laughs> Sarah Reeves, make sure to check out her new album, Easy Never Needed You. You're listening to Quay. The song is Straight Lines. All right, it's my favorite time of the week. You it do is love when this. You guys send us your life conundrums and ask Jesse for advice. In a legally binding, unspoken agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse does not read these beforehand. Uh, I have them in front of me and I lob them up to him and he solves your problems for you. Um, you guys hit us up on Twitter at Realm Podcast. Use hashtag AskJesse. And here's a few of the ones that cut our eye this week. Blake T. Vineyard asked us, or asked Jesse. Uh, been I think mar- it's Vineyard, but go ahead. <laughs> it's V-I-N Yard. Vineyard. 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 But without the E, there's no E. It's very strange. Uh, he's been married for two months now. Okay. What's the secret to keeping it strong? Hmm. That's a that's a that's a great question, and I would say Lob about, it over to Annie. <laughs> about every about every two months, radically changed identities. It looks like she married <laughs> oh. a new man. Oh. This will involve oh what a nightmare. Uh, this will involve you know taking and burning all your old clothes and investing in a whole new look. Like one, you know, maybe you're the n- n- nice Blake T Vineyard she knew and loved. Next two months, you have an Australian accent and dress like a member of Mumford and Sons. Maybe you grow a handlebar mustache. Maybe two months later, you're wearing Steve Harvey style zoot suits and your only conversations are long form two hour conversations. The thing is, like, mix it up, you know, like marriages get stale. If you don't experiment with new personas and give 100 percent dedication to them, I don't know what's going to happen to your relationship. Jesse, I believe that's called role playing. <laughs> yeah. oh, this, hey, teach his own. You know, I, you're asking my advice, and I'm giving it to you. So, all right, you're married. All right, all right. Uh, okay. Barrett Grebbing uh, asked Jesse, "I've got a six month old baby boy. Okay. He's pretty chill. I want to make sure he gets into the same hijinks I enjoy. Okay. What are some of the first steps I can be taking as a father to ensure this? First, I what I want you to do. How old did he say this baby was? Six six already laughing. Jesse's old. already laughing. Just six so everybody six knows. Six months. Six months. Six months. If you haven't done this already, I would need you to look at both hands and tell me how many fingers he has. <laughs> if he has 12, if he has 12, leave them alone because he'll get into all kinds of cool hijinks uh, on his own. Uh, the, the, the other thing I want you to do is when he comes of age, um, you can show him pictures of two people, maybe two people that you listen to on a podcast, mm-hmm. one of whom snuck out all the time, oh got into gosh. numerous shenanigans night after night and lived to tell about it. Mm-hmm. The other is named Annie F. Downs. 
and she read books and did her homework and yeah. dutifully, dutifully uh, went to bed at the crack of 8.30, at, the, at quarter past eight every night, except for Fridays. We were allowed to watch most of TGIF and we're in bed by 9.20. Yeah. And you can say, you have two life paths, two doors. Which one do you choose? Let him decide. Yeah. And I think we know... And no offense, Annie, I think we'll know which one he'll make. I'm not going to say. <laughs> You're terrible. I'm not going to say, but that's my advice. All right. Seth Lindemann wrote in and said, I'm thinking of starting a new hobby so I can meet people in my neighborhood. I'm married with two children. Any suggestions that will help me win friends? Okay. Hobby, I, I, hobby right. suggestions. I want Tyler and Cameron to look at Annie's face. And what is the expression? <laughs> when she looked down to you the side and one. deeply <laughs> exhaled. She, she oh. looked to the side off mic and deeply <laughs> exhaled. It was exhaustion and incredulousness. So, I see a lot of Annie, trepidation. Annie, because even the thought of me answering this question... I just am scared he's going to really do it. That's all. Makes you roll your eyes. Makes you roll your eyes. I want you to answer, then I will answer. And and so, hobby suggestion. My face hurts from laughing today. Hobby suggestion. Hobby suggestion. So he can meet people in his neighborhood. Yeah, I have have already have a perfect idea, but I'm interested in for sure he does. Yeah, I'm going to give a rational idea. Where like invite people over to watch a football game. That's not a a hobby. That's not a hobby. He oh, wants he wants hobby, to do hobby. Hobby ideas where he can help him meet people in the neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, God. Jesse. Annie, Annie, you're up and the clock is ticking. There's a man, a man's social life hangs yeah. in the balance of this I advice. I think his new hobby he should do is learning how to fix cars. And mm. then he can offer mm. to help people with their cars or start the hobby of being a magician and go and do magic around mm. Surprise up close, a sleight of hand magic. Those are my people, two options. I will say this, Annie if you knew anything about stand up magic, you would know that magicians are a lonely breed and they have no friends. <laughs> they are lone wolves. They are lone wolves that prowl at night and that's the path they have chosen. <laughs> with, with great power comes great cost. And that cost is a life of solitude. If you knew a magician, right, you would right. know that they, they are, I, I they are dark, lonely people. You, yeah. think, you think David Blaine has friends? No one's hanging out with that no, well, that's different. Do, you think, do you think anyone wants to see him public with, with yeah well most of the time that's true because he's hanging upside down right. in, in a tank of right. in a tank of water in times square right. fair point <laughs> but you 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 gonna have dinner with chris angel in some creepy gothic mansion no no sir they're a lonely breed so uh, so now maybe. i will give okay, so what's the right advice. answer i clearly gave the wrong answers to learn how to fix a car or be an up close magician what would Easy. you say start staging crimes at night and later solve them because you were the one committing them all <laughs> Staging crime is a hobby. Staging crime is a hobby. Okay. Jesse, can you? Jesse, can you? Because I'm weighing both of these. I, I'm looking to, for some new hobbies. Yeah, thank Could you. Can you give me some examples of a crime that how you would stage? It? How? Okay, let me ask. How? How uh, comfortable are you framing somebody or would you like to do it victimlessly? Because if you're framing somebody, that's easy. You I know. have no attachment to any of my neighbors. Okay. If they if they ended up in prison tomorrow, it would not it wouldn't affect my life okay, whatsoever. So that's fine. You know, start off simple. Break that into a bunch of cars, steal a bunch of stuff. And then, you know, you plant the evidence on a neighborhood kid. You're actually keeping all the good stuff and you bring him to justice. You're the neighborhood <laughs> hero. That that one, the other one doesn't involve is your it, hobby is a fake criminal hobby. That's what you're yeah. saying. Hey, do you know what's pretty fun? Committing crimes at night under the cover of darkness in your own neighborhood and being the hero. It's a great hobby. The other one, <laughs> yeah. the other one, if you want it victimless, here's what I here's what I suggest, Tyler. Arson. 
set a neighbor's house on fire. And Cameron guess who comes running? Guess who happened to be driving home from a late night errand, saw the fire and put it out as, as neighborhood and reporters came and you're, you're putting yeah. out the fire that you started. You're the neighborhood hero. It's a great hobby and it's a great way. I will say this. I've done the arson one. On the third try, I was able to put the fire out. I was a neighborhood hero. So, <laughs> <laughs> the first two tries, your neighbors ended up mo- moving in with you because you burned their houses down. So you yeah, still no, got, I had, still I, got no, friendship. I definitely, either way. I definitely had to get out of there. So, I, <laughs> Beth Larder asks, "I'm a school librarian, and I'm always looking for creative ways to get kids to read more. Any advice?" Annie, yeah. <laughs> Jesse, I just started laughing at the hopes of what was going to happen. Okay. No, I want to hear yours. I want to hear yours. Jesse, we aren't on opposite teams. You and I, I know, I know we're not, but I, I, I am com- combating your expressions sure, because sure. Okay. your, your face is saying words that your mouth Beth is not. Wants, and I believe your face. Beth wants kid, elementary kids to read more. Am I hearing you correctly? She Cameron? just said school librarian. We don't know the age. Okay, but she wants them to read more. Right. Fill that library with Annie F. Downs books. That's the first thing. That's the first thing. Let me, there's a whole collection. Get them all. Yeah. But then, but then you have a school full of brave kids. You don't, you can't handle, you can handle yeah. one or two brave kids because they're like you the leaders of the pack. You can't yeah. have a school full of brave kids. Yeah. I think you, you hide money in the pages. That's what you do. You hide money in the pages. No, because then you just pick up the book yeah. and Listen, shake it. Listen, you don't ever push back. back on Jesse. Let me just throw some ideas out there and see what sticks, dude. <laughs> Jesse, what's the right answer? Because mine was clearly the wrong answer. Oh, well, the, this one is easy. And you are on the right choice. Oh, you're, I was? You're on, I'm on the, the right path? path. It involves a, a monetary reward. Oh, good. Um, and you claim, obviously you're not telling the truth, but they're children. Who cares? You can lie to them. You claim to have buried a substantial amount of candy and money somewhere in the school. And the answer to where it is hidden is is hidden within the pages of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. They will be <laughs> eating it up. And you know what? They learned two lessons that day. One yeah. is that, yeah. you know, reading is good. Two, yeah. never trust an adult in authority. Grown because because yeah, guess there what? There's go. no treasure, sucker. You just read 900 pages of boring Tolkien. So <laughs> enjoy the troll stories. All right. Uh, Sarah Grace Bauer says, I have a friend who's gra- getting ready to graduate college and is in the process of interviewing with the police department. What should he do to make sure the police department knows he's not only serious, but is passionate about pursuing this career path? Oh, well, Annie, I will <laughs> I think hear Annie, yours. I think y'all can answer this one because y'all have had a lot of run-ins. Yeah. Let's hear, let's hear how you would Im- impress law enforcement. I think you get that hobby from the neighborhood guy that you suggested. <laughs> you set up fake crimes and you solve them. Yeah. Framing people, framing people always works. Uh, yeah. You know, here's, here's the thing, you know, uh, uh, police departments, you know, they want to see that, you know, you can handle yourself out there. And mm. the best way to do that is to walk into the police stage, into the police station with nunchucks and a mask disguising your identity. Just start going wild, <laughs> just doing a demonstration. You know, you're swinging, you're swinging, and you go up to the police chief and you hold the nunchucks like Michelangelo, like real tight. And you say, your yeah. move, chief. Like Michelangelo, like everyone's picturing the turtle now. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Swinging the yeah. nunchucks and you go, your move, chief. You slightly remove the mask and you said, where do I sign? And then right then they got a nunchuck guy on the force. Every every yeah. police force is going to need someone who thinks thinks a little differently. Here's the other thing, too. I would come up with a folder of all my crimes 
I would all of them. I would say, I would say, officer, this isn't a confession, but to think like one of these people, you have to be one of these people. And I was like, I know it's against everything you believe in, but I'm one of you now. And see what oh they say. And then do the nunchuck thing if that doesn't work. <laughs> all right. And lastly, Christian Timsland says, Jesse, I turned 39 last week. What's one thing I should do this year before I become a real adult? Mm. Annie, you're up. <laughs> I have a lot of pushback on this question. Um, what's one thing you should do? You should go see Mount Rushmore. You got to do that before you become an adult because once you're an adult, it's not no, as cool. I think that's the sort of thing you do when you're an adult. Yeah, that oh, feels, okay. like a, okay. that feels like a grown up. That sounds again, like a really scintillating trip in your mid 60s. Again, yeah. with the pushback from both of you. <laughs> Let me just say what I say. Okay. And don't fight me all the time. Well, I don't think of youth and like, you know, flights of fancy <laughs> oh my gosh, in my younger days of going on a road trip to Mount Rushmore. Okay. It sounds like you're trapped in the family wagon and you're There's forced There's a reason on. these aren't Ask Annie because Annie, I'm Annie, not. Annie, look at my face. Do I look incredulous? Or do I look very gracious? I'm like, oh, you, you know, I've never so been. so gracious, I Jesse. I, I'm, not, I'm not that age yet, but maybe before then I will. You know? Yeah, you do look very gracious. What, what would the right answer be, Jesse? Jumping off Mount Rushmore? Let me give you two. One of these, one of these I received recently, which is get your wisdom teeth out because I have been putting that off for years. Then it said I might need to get braces again because I've been putting off this wisdom teeth so long. So really, get those bad boys out. They're supposed to come out. Are you doing it soon? No. Why you think I believe them? You think give me? There's a reason. Hey, when I was in my twenties, they said I said when do you need when do I get these wisdom teeth out? They're like, well, they should have come out a long time ago, but definitely before you're thirty. I haven't looked back since until this (laughs) pretentious dentist with a degree in dentistry tells me I need to get them out immediately, or all my (gasps) bottom teeth could crack and I'll need braces. I ain't doing it. I didn't fall for that scam. I didn't fall for my when I'm twenty five. I'm not falling for when I'm thirty five. <laughs> but real talk to this guy, it's probably a good idea to get them out if you're <laughs> The other thing too is don't worry about fact checking this. I can't remember if it what the cutoff is for committing a felony and only having to go to like junior jail. I it's, I think oh it's 17, gosh, buddy. junior jail. It's called juvie. <laughs> Oh, I know. <laughs> Darn the guy seen the inside walls of a juvie. Um, Wait, I, really? No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, I was going to be like, how have you not told us that? Hey, wink. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I, w- I would just, you know, figure out the the cool crime you've always wanted to commit. You know, even if, even if it's victimless, you know, like do. Hopefully do, it's victimless. Yeah, I was saying, even if it's victimless. I'm yeah. just saying like, if you Thank rob you a bank, pushback, if you Cameron. rob a bank, it's federally insured money. So, so it's your tax money going back to that. I'm just saying you can justify a lot of crimes, but don't actually go through with it. But go at least to the ventilation shaft, drop into the vault, take a look around, knowing that, you know, the worst that's going to happen to me is you're going to call my parents. And and then, you know, he's then you 39, can turn 40. not 17. He's not 17. He's 39. He's the one who led. This guy's the one who led with. He's going to be an adult when he turns Cameron, 40. I think yeah. you're wrong about this. I He could look it up or he could just kind of go with his gut on it. I think just go with your gut. <laughs> Just go get to the vault, take a peek around and think, ah, you know, I had a good run in childhood. Now on to adult things and to the dentist because my bottom tooth has cracked. I'm going to throw a I'm going to throw a bonus one in here because I want to see how you would give advice for this person that's different than your first advice. The relationship advice you gave was about adopting interesting personas every few months. 
Okay. Um, John Lava Pie or Lava Pie. Oh, it's Lava Pie. <gasps> it's got to be Lava Pie. That's awesome. It's definitely Lava Pie. Yeah. John Lava Pie uh, said, it's always been hard for me meeting new people. How can I feel more confident showing a good first impression and not run out of things to say? Oh, wow. I mean, you could. So, so his, so hold on. His concern is not, is too, really twofold because yeah. not only does he need the icebreaker, which right. that's, you know, I could see like a hype man or some, something. What's this guy's name? Lava, La, John Lava Pie. Lava L-A-V-A-P-I-E. Pie. L-A-V-A-P-I-E. I mean, he's got a, he's he's got a lot in. to work with. Well, but that's the thing, but he's not concerned about the icebreaker. It's running out of good things to say. Yeah. That that's so here, here's the guy's issue. Like if, it's just the first thing. Like I said, like a hype man, like an 80s hype man could do this. Like a room, lava pie's coming. You know, the whole place is hype and lava pie walks in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the party starts once lava pie gets yeah, there. You exactly. know what I'm saying? But the problem is, he's, you know, about 10 minutes, he's going to run out of things to say. The hype man's going to be like, lava pie's got to go. And they just bounce out with the music that they brought. Right. Everyone's just standing there silently. So you're saying leave yeah. on a high note. Who cares about developing Always friendships? Always leave them wanting more yeah i my my recommendation my recommendation weird paranormal wikipedia rabbit holes a deep deep dive because if it's anything that, people you know people don't want to talk politics they're burned we out. can agree on this people don't want to talk you know look yeah cursory knowledge of sports is helpful you know but sure. you know you know did you hear about uh lava pie over there he knows about a secret government conspiracy to make a ghost machine. What? I got to talk to Lava Pie. That's insane. Bur- I mean, Lava Pie heard about a treasure they buried at the elementary school that if you read Lord of the Rings, you find out the route to what? Lava Pie is super interesting and weird and kind of cool. Let's keep around. He brought the hype man. I'm in complete agreement, Jesse. I think that's exactly right. That's why we do slices. We hand you things. The slices are literally Lava Pie's arsenal to yeah. go into parties exactly. like that. that Lava listen to this podcast we gave you tons of interesting you know just you know, find out the history of 12 fingered people and just go right? deep dive because listen i'm i have i have more questions than annie has answers for for this topic it's not anything it's <laughs> her just not a lot of people are well versed in 12 fingered people just do a deep dive and you're going to be a popular cat lava pie I often think back on that slice. I think you brought a couple of months ago jesse where the um the whole wild west town was for sale Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, like, it's, I it's, think it's, about that all the time. Just get comfortable getting weird on the internet, lava pie. It's never <laughs> steered me wrong, except for the time, uh, you know, I ended up on that Russian site and got paid a visit by some friendly law enforcement. But thankfully, I was under the age of forty, and they couldn't <laughs> touch me. So I will say that Jesse and I are each other's internet accountability partners, and I get a lot of alerts around three in the morning, and it's not from bad stuff. It's just stuff that the filter has never heard of before. Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely dark web. It's yeah. definitely dark yeah. web material. Yeah, you know? that's terrifying to get everything that Jesse thinks up to Google. I'm not interested. I love you, Jesse, but not interested. That is too much. Well, that's why I have a lot of answers to people that need help because that's I've true. done the that's homework. True. That's why you I have, have lava done pie. the homework. Yeah, I want right. to meet Lava Pie. I want to hang out with Lava Pie. I just want a friend whose name is Lava Pie. Here's the There's, thing: we haven't done listener in the week for a while. Mark, let's sit up Lava Pie. See what his most yeah, interesting I is. Kind of his jib. I like it. You know, there's that road. There's that road in Georgia. We go to Catalyst Conference every yeah. year, and you get off the highway at Sugarloaf Parkway. Yeah, Sugarloaf Parkway, like, for sure. I want a friend named Sugarloaf. I kind of want to be called Sugarloaf. 
Sugarloaf. Yeah. I just think it'd be fun oh. to hang with Sugarloaf. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, we're not Sugarloaf call is you Sugarloaf. here. Everyone yeah. needs everyone needs in the crew in the squad the one yeah. funny nickname guy. Yeah, lava you pie. Know? Yeah, yeah, lava pie. I'm hanging. Hey, we're going to the movies tonight. Hey, somebody call lava pie. I'm down. Or, even if you have the, like, oh, it's the Boz. The Boz is here, man. Right. Where's Boz been? I don't got a guy in college I knew it was Poot, right? Poot's here. Poot's got to come along. Oh One time some guy came did. to the room and asked for, so, you know, asked for a name. I'm like, I've never heard of that guy. And Poot came out of his room. He's like, I'm, sta- I'm right here. You could have told him. I was like, I've only known you as Poot. And frankly, I don't like your real name. It's Poot, man. Poot's here. The Boz is here. Lava Pie's here. Be the guy in the gang that's like always down for a little something, you know? Yeah. And he's not the main character he's not the protagonist no. but he's always no. tagging along you know yeah you don't yeah. even have to if you have the name i feel like you're more than halfway there like lava no one's leaving lava pie behind no one's right. going to be right. like hey should we call lava pie oh, that guy's kind of a drag i don't want to bring lava pie that's not going to happen no, yeah. no no they're like yeah for sure lava pie it's yeah. mclovin i mean literally like yeah every crew's got to have a mclovin you know yeah. i mean it, yeah. yeah it's it's yeah, a exactly. so do we get to meet lava pie next week is that what we're saying I don't think there's any I'm reason happily. we shouldn't. We are yeah. we are leaving about 35 other questions unanswered. Yeah, there's a lot. You guys have a lot of conundrums. But, uh, you know, if you want yours to be a- answered by Jesse, uh, hit us up uh, at Relevant Podcast. Use hashtag AskJesse and he will help solve all of your life conundrums. Well, thank you to Sarah Reeves for joining us today. Uh, make sure to check out her new album, Easy Never Needed You. It's awesome. Hey, many thanks to uh, this episode's sponsors for making the show possible. Remember, uh, go to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your site, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, and if you're a podcast fan and want some gear, head over to our store. It is up now at store.relevantmagazine.com. You can find a link right there at the top of relevantmagazine.com as well. Um, There's a lot of uh, gear and we're adding more all the time. So keep checking back. Remember the Love and Money podcast season two is out now. Go check it out. And the new issue of Relevant is also out now. A lot of announcements today. Uh, Lauren Daigle's on the cover. You don't want to miss it. You can view the issue at relevantmagazine.com. You can also pick it up at newsstands nationwide. Subscribe today. We have a special deal going on. Uh, You won't be disappointed, we hope. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Mark Jackson. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We will see you guys on Friday. Go vote! For listening to the relevant podcast if you like what you heard be sure to leave us a review on itunes check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com and while you're there browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store make sure to subscribe to relevant magazine info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe down for whatever I think I let go No more shoes or socks, I only rock sandals I can tell if I'm hip or getting old I can hear you, maybe you could change your tone You know what's funny? As I heard this room was built on the cemetery of an old jazz band. Relevant Podcast Network.